0: ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. to and Future Sense here. Broadcast from the studios of Bay FM in Byron Bay on the east coast of Australia on Monday mornings from 9 to 11. And uh, you can tune in anytime uh, on demand to Bay FM on BayFM.org for any program, but also to our podcasts of this show, which are edited within 24 hours of the show going to air. And those podcasts, usually in a couple of parts or so, uh, are available through our, uh, our website, Futuresense.it, or your favourite platform, indeed. So, uh, Steve, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, I think we'll take an extended look at the coronavirus Mm. and its impact today because, as we've been saying for the last few weeks, there's a lot to learn from this in terms of uh, how the world is changing and uh, what we might do to deal with these Mm. more complex issues that we're facing these days. And So we'll have a look at the the virus itself. We'll check in on the latest news and statistics and actions being taken in different places around the world. Uh, We'll have a talk about how... Human responses to problems can sometimes mm. create extra problems, mm. and especially when fear is the main driver. Mm. And we'll also look at human value systems and how our our dominant value system or worldview shapes our problem solving approaches at uh, at a, particularly at a national level. Mm. At the moment, uh, check in on the economic impact, which has been quite considerable. this yes. uh, stock market crash over the weekend, uh, our weekend and. Um, maybe have a talk about what we could do differently from a potential second tier approach to problem
0: solving around this issue, which might help us in the future there is quite a lot of reporting about the opportunities this presents to us too in terms of things like uh, f- forced reloc- uh, relocalization and resilience locally and the, the changes of supply chains and the like. Yes. There's a lot of possibilities here and uh, also the uh, the media which is able to give us perhaps a much broader view than we used to get from these sort of things and a lot of different approaches to it and some of them, of course, a bit crazy and wacky and not always trustworthy and others possibly a little bit more free and... Uh, and, um, and informative for the general population, we would hope. Yeah, that's right. And sort of add to that the confusion of having so many different sources to, to look yeah, at. Absolutely. <laughs> and there, there are about. lots of them, and we have them in front of us here, all of them. <laughs> You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. And you are tuned to Future Sense around the world. Thanks for listening on the podcast everywhere out there. And uh, you are tuned here with uh, Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. And today we're largely going to be talking about the coronavirus. So the coronavirus,
1: there's so much happening here and so much to learn globally from the way this is panning out. We decided that we'd do a longer piece this week looking at where it's at and how the issue is being approached by different countries around the world and uh, and also different value systems and their, how their particular ways of problem solving are playing out. And mm. uh, we'll start with where things are at. The statistics that are coming out of China are indicating that typically 80% of cases of coronavirus will be mild. So when we say mild, we say just like the regular flu where you might be able to uh, rest and uh, look after yourself at home and get over it. Uh, within uh, a, short, a re- relatively short space of time, 15% of cases will require treatment in hospital and 5% of cases will require intensive care and with fatalities sitting roughly around 2% of those people who contract the virus and, and those fatalities seem to be
0: uh, mostly with vulnerable people such as the elderly or people weakened by other health issues. Not with children and infants, which is interesting. Not very susceptible, although they may be passing it on. That is also the case, but they don't know. But so far, um, children and and even some babies have not been particularly affected. Yeah, that is very interesting Mm.
1: indeed, absolutely. So um, if we look at the the numbers, uh, we've got some numbers here as of February the 21st, so um, that's almost 10 days ago now, uh, or roughly 10 days ago. In China, there were 75,569 reported cases and 99% of those cases are on the Chinese mainland and 2,239 deaths uh, from the virus. In the US, as of the 24th of February, there were 14 diagnosed cases through the US healthcare system and uh, 39 cases among repatriated US citizens. In other words, Mm -hmm. citizens that have come back from overseas uh, where they'd been infected. And uh, as of the date of this report, no deaths and no critical ill patients at all. And no evidence of uh, transmission in the US mm. amongst the community there. And I can't help but reflect on the way that this is being reported in the media. It's, it's you know, getting uh, headline news regularly uh, and still today. Yep. And imagine if we were reporting the regular flu statistics <laughs> in the headline news in the same way and giving them such priority. Uh, and if we were, we'd be hearing that um, as of the 15th of February in the US, there have been 16,000 deaths from the regular flu. Yep. You know, if, if we did a, a headline media report saying there'd been 16,000 deaths from the coronavirus, imagine mm. what actions it might prompt in the community. Mm. And yet here we are quite happily uh, not looking at all at these statistics in, in the same way. And it reminds me just how... Uh, sort of incidental and emotionally driven human responses are often. Uh, For example, there are things that are far, far more risky, like take alcohol, for example, (laughs) here in Australia it's uh, calculated that around about 15 people die every day from an alcohol related issue yeah and I, I guess uh, we you know acknowledge that that's usually not straight after you drink the alcohol although it is in some cases but it's also you know long-term diseases that develop over time which don't tend to to get the same sort of um, priority well that's right exactly has short-term issues yeah. um, but you know you could drum up a sensational news story very easily from a whole bunch of other things, Mm. you know, including alcohol deaths. Like 15 people died, Mm. uh, you know, since this time yesterday Mm. uh, from alcohol. And, And how many people died from coronavirus?
0: Yeah, oh, and I guess this, is a, this shows us how once uh, once an issue is sort of sunk into uh, into the culture, into society, into the politics, into the structure, into the media, it becomes sort of normalised in a way, so we don't Duh. really consider these things, but uh, we are also in a time where we're the latest sensational thing, uh, and sensationalised as much as possible, is what actually attracts people to the news and to the media and so forth, and so you get that, and, uh, exactly. and is, there a, is there a deeper uh, issue here in terms of uh, scaring people for one reason or the other, or is it just the way we sort of our culture is operating now. Well, you know, a lot of it is driven by outcomes that people are, are wanting from their news
1: reports. Yeah. Uh, you know, for example, in commercial right. news places, you know, they, they have ads uh, and mm. stuff to sell, and, uh, and even people who aren't, you know, benefiting commercially from their transmissions, uh, but, you know, they generally have some kind of aim, whether it be to gather more listeners or have more influence mm. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. indeed. So, um, as we've been saying all along with this particular issue, the coronavirus, there's a, there are a few strange things about it and one of the strange things is that the general response globally seems to have been a little overblown mm. and uh, ultimately that's been driven by fear and, and, and we'll unpack that a little bit during the show today and just talk about what fear does to us and how we behave differently when we're being driven by fear. Um, but uh, it's always a, a fine balance with these issues. I mean, clearly it is a health risk. It is a little more serious than the regular flu in terms of the percentage of people who are dying from it. And so uh, it's a matter of finding that fine balance of responding appropriately uh, and, and not neglecting, you know, to respond adequately, but also not uh, overdoing the response to the point where it actually creates more problems. And that's what's happening in, on quite a large scale globally at the moment is that the... Uh, the Response, particularly in China, is creating all sorts of issues around the world, economic mm. and trade issues particularly.
0: Yes, and of course the nature of China to be relatively secretive, to not sort of let things leak out about any issue is part of the problem right there. Um, and quite different from a, a democratic, uh, supposedly democratic nation's response, although there was some argument about that too, about how we respond.
1: Well, it, you know, the, the key way of really understanding that is to look at the value systems. Yeah. China operates from a different dominant value system yes. than most Western countries, so we'll unpack Very that.
0: authoritarian, yeah. We'll unpack that a little bit Indeed. more during the show. Um, I thought I mentioned too a couple of things that uh, a couple of important numbers I didn't know about. you you might uh, epidemiologists often talk about two important numbers, the row r o or how infectious uh, disease might be. I think expressed that's, that's r zero. R0. Yeah. Well, row, looks good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Expresses the number of people that are infected by each person who's been infected, The number how the, tra- the transmission occurs, and the case fat- fatality ratio, the CFR, the number of people who die as a result of being infected.
1: Yeah, and for those who might not know what epidemiology is, mm. It's the branch of medicine dealing with the incidence and prevalence of disease in large populations and with detection of the source and cause of epidemics of infectious disease. Mm, Thank you very much. My pleasure.
0: (laughs) Great. Okay, well, we'll be back to start teasing out some of these issues after another track here on BAFM 999 You're tuned to Future Sense. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans you are tuned to Bay FM. you're tuned to future sense here with steve mcdonald and nick jeans through to 11 o'clock um we do have a text line as most of you know zero four three seven three four triple one nine if you'd like to text in and be part of the conversation yeah so
1: we're just taking stock of where things are at with the uh, coronavirus to start with uh, some more stats we were speaking just before the break about the issue of how the coronavirus is being reported and the coronavirus versus regular flu numbers and imagine if the regular flu was being reported the same way that the coronavirus was being reported there'd be far more fear and and, uh, response in the community. Uh, According to Johns John's Hopkins Medicine from the US, uh, typically in Okay, in terms of the regular flu, there are somewhere between roughly about 300,000 and 650,000 deaths worldwide every year from the regular flu. Yeah. You know, uh, every flu season. Uh, so, um, and bearing in mind, of course, there's a flu season in the north and the flu season in, in the southern hemisphere. But, um, and in the US alone, around about 12,000 to 61,000 deaths from the regular flu every year. So, we're far, far short of that at the moment in terms of the coronavirus. And, uh, and, flu, and
0: flu is a coronavirus, isn't it? Well, uptime, it, it it's a similar it, it's, viral it's, structure. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, uh, the coronavirus is named because it has a particular mm. shape uh, mm. when you look at it under like a microscope, which, which looks like a sort of a spiky crown yeah. thing. Um, but uh, you obviously they're both in the same sort of class of, mm. uh, of illness, yeah. Last week we, spoke, we mentioned a map that Al Jazeera have got on their website just showing territories around the world with confirmed cases of uh, coronavirus, and at the moment, the last last update of that map was February 28, so it's a couple of days old at the moment, but uh, I'm just going to skip over the map and point my mouse at a few places and tell you uh, what the numbers are in China, 79,968 cases. In South Korea, three thousand seven hundred and thirty-six. I think I heard this morning that that's uh, up over four thousand now, uh, and uh, and in South Korea they are attributing a lot of the spread of the virus to a particular Christian church there, which uh, has a large following. I think about two and a half million people, and they have regular gatherings where they pack a whole lot of people into uh, fairly tight spaces and uh, according to our Australian ABC News report this morning, part of their normal normal meetings is for the followers to shout Amen after the, the leader of the uh, church makes a point. So <laughs> apparently that happens a lot during the meetings. So you can imagine how um, with this particular virus being spread by Body fluids—how that could be mm. spreading the disease quite badly. Yeah. Apparently, it is, and uh, to the point where I think the um, the founder uh, of the uh, church is is actually being charged uh, under yeah. South Korean law with. Uh, with not responding appropriately to the the risk of the disease Mm. within his followers, yeah. So uh, back to the map, Uh, Iran is, of course, standing out, 593 cases according to this 28 February update, Uh, only five in Russia, 19 in Canada, 62 in the US, Mexico has three, two in Brazil, Uh, only one in Algeria, the UK, 35, and uh, they're... I think Italy's had been a standout. So Italy mm. has 1,694 cases as of um, the 28th of February, according to the Al Jazeera map.
0: Yes, well, we just had a call in from an Italian listener, Gata Mah- Mahani, I you know quite well, and she was saying that there is uh, a sense of panic in Italy, apparently, because uh, the, the test for coronavirus there is free, so everybody's rushing to get the test. And so, uh, you know, I guess either uh, we well, are going to get more reportings, perhaps, for that. Uh, in the US, on the other hand, it costs something like 3000 Dollars, which I find extraordinary, but then the medical system in the US is—it is extraordinary. (laughs) It's extraordinary. It's an extraordinary medical system, if there is such a thing. So, and as you said, South Korea, that the uh, the strange case of the of the Christian cult there, or the cult that's. uh, Uh, that is infected.
1: That's right and I did see your report over the weekend uh, from the South Korean government saying that one of the reasons that they've got more identified cases there is because they've been testing more intensively than most countries and so I guess this does point to the fact that there may be a lot of undiagnosed cases Mm. in in other countries. Well
0: those figures you just quoted I find interesting that there are now as of today I think 26 confirmed cases in Australia and one death, a man in Perth 78 year old who died Uh, 26 out of our population compared to the US, 35 out of a population that's 20 times as much is kind of interesting. And it what is. It that is. Point to well,
1: I, th- I think probably, I'm not sure exactly how many cases came from the, uh, the, ship, the ship, the cruise
0: ship. Because yeah, uh, the death did, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, you know, that that's one of the key issues with this is where you've got a whole bunch of people in close quarters mm. uh, and, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be a, a high likelihood of the disease spreading, so um, in in such Small numbers, like you just said, you know, sixty-two in the US and twenty-six or something in Australia. I mean, just that one particular isolated case of a whole bunch of Australians being on a cruise ship yeah. that, that where there were infections. You know, it. is going to explain it. Yeah. Mm. but uh, look, it uh, the the message from our uh, Italian listener is is a, a good one to think about, and it and uh, it just makes us reflect on all of the different specifics that can contribute to explaining the news you know, and, and so much of this we miss in mainstream media reporting mm-hmm. these days where mm-hmm. we just look at the headlines mm-hmm. and, and just get the sensationalism mm-hmm. and don't actually get the underlying analysis you know, that explains mm-hmm. why things are so um, and of course that then points to what actions we take in terms of preparation and yeah. dealing with yeah. the issues and uh, unless we really drill down and get the facts then we might uh, be making things worse rather than better
0: and not many people are going to do that. That's the thing, as we said earlier, there is so much information and it is very overwhelming to tease through it, to understand it, to try and um, make the connections that that are real and true and uh, discard the uh, the chaff from the wheat, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's right, exactly. Here in Australia, our government declared a health emergency yeah. uh, just recently, although uh, there's not a lot being done apart from, I guess, telling people and health organisations to prepare uh, and uh, take precautionary measures uh, and thinking about uh, what to do if things get worse and some of the things in the government emergency response plan uh, in terms of what the government might do if things get worse, they've, they've listed possibility of uh, cancelling large gatherings, uh, perhaps asking people to work from home, uh, prioritising mortuary services to deal with uh, coronavirus cases locking down aged care homes of course with uh, the elderly being particularly vulnerable to this virus and also closing child care centres mm-hmm. are some of the things that they've
0: floated yes uh, as you said as we mentioned it already the uh, the death rate so far is predominantly people over 50 years old uh, almost all of those and under 50 very little and as, as you get younger there have been no fatalities whatsoever uh, of uh, kids between zero and nine years old, which is good news indeed. It's interesting though, the Federal Health Minister here, Greg Hunt uh, said that the message from today after this meeting from states and territories was go about your ordinary business, go down to the Chinese restaurant, go out to the football or the Grand Prix or the netball uh, although uh, Mr. Hunt said, although the global spread of coronavirus meant there was uh, now a high likelihood COVID-19 would reach Australia at some point, well, it has. So there was no need for people to panic. So I guess it's a good message, and but you need to be, um, you know, you need to be conscious of of where you are and um, where you may possibly be more susceptible. I guess.
1: It is, and balance that with uh, you know understanding that a lot more people are affected, and a lot more people are dying right at the moment from just the regular flu. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's really it is a matter of balance and uh, being sensible. The World Health Organization is uh, putting out, uh, continuing to put out travel warnings. Mm. I have the one I have here is um, is uh, this news story reporting that is updated twenty four February. So again, that's about a week old, but. They're talking about uh, or advising people not to travel to mainland China, obviously, and um, if you are traveling to some other places to exercise caution, including Japan, South Korea, Hong Kong, Indonesia, or Thailand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another statistic I have in front of me here uh, from worldometers.info is uh, the male to female ratio, which is also kind of interesting, and you, you might one might expect that men may die uh, more than women, and at the moment that is the case, 4.7%. Of confirmed cases of died that are male, and 2.8 percent that are female. When looking at China, though, they do make the point that um, smoking in China is much more prevalent amongst men, and that makes them much more likely to uh, to uh, get some kind of respiratory complication. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just
1: noted too here in Australia, uh, there is no evidence yet of human human yeah. transmission, and I, I'm yeah, guessing that is at least in part due to the fact that uh, the government has been. Uh, isolating people who come back from overseas and are, are yeah. either infected or at risk of having been
0: infected. Certainly, the advantage we have, being an island continent here, if we uh, if we're on the ball enough, then we can uh, we can trace and, and uh, know where people are coming from and do exactly that and put them in isolation pretty quickly. So it's an advantage we have. Texas um, come in here too; it's quite serious and not to be played down too much. In that. It adds to the number of ticking time bobs we have, yes. Well, we'll come back to some of those points a bit later on, I think, in terms of fear and uh, some of the results of this and some of the opportunities possibly that also exist here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a break now here on BayFM. You're tuned to Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking Future Sense here on BayFM. We're talking about the coronavirus. We're going to look at the uh, the global um, economy and how it's affecting that right now, a little piece of that. And thanks for your text. I've got a long one coming in. We'll look at that shortly.
1: Yeah, so um, huge economic impact is flowing from the response to the coronavirus. So I'm talking particularly about... Uh, China's uh, immediate response, where which effectively shut down a whole lot of their industry and has had an enormous economic impact for them and for uh, the world in general, and in much of which is still coming home to roost because of delays in um, shipping and those sorts of things which take time to get to places. So uh, some places around the world are already feeling sh- the shortage of uh, stocks and equipment that comes from China and other places are yet to really have the the full impact hit them. But uh, I've got a story here from the New York Times about the uh, US stock market and uh, on uh, late last week the stocks tumbled for a seventh consecutive day on uh, Friday at the end of last week with the uh, S&P 500 index falling about 0.8%, bringing its loss for the week to about 11.5%. And that's the worst weekly decline for US stocks since the 2008 financial crisis. And back in 2008, in early October of that year, the S&P 500 fell about 18%. So it's more than half of that. Uh, The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell more than 1% on Friday. And the sell-offs have been fueled mostly by worry that measures to contain the virus will hamper corporate profits and economic growth. Of course, they already have been doing that and fears that the outbreak could get worse, bringing larger economic impacts. Um, so the, the selling that's been going off uh, in, in the stock market has dragged the world into a correction, a very significant uh, market correction, a drop of around about 10% more or more globally. That's uh, being taken as a measure of extreme pessimism. Mm. And, uh, and generally, in, in this, a couple of other of the sort of main articles or main uh, issues rather reported in this New York Times article are that the uh, US Federal Reserve is saying that it's willing to act by uh, lowering interest rates, which are already extremely low, of course. Mm. If the outbreak worsens, a major video game conference has been postponed in the US. Uh, Sentiment is generally dismal among China's manufacturers. And Wall Street's jitters extend
0: beyond stocks. Mm. Uh, uh, There's some questions asked. We're going to be referring a little bit in the next... Uh, Time on the show to uh, an article from uh, um, an organisation called Exponential View and in part of this uh, they asked a question here, how rapidly will this make firms think about complicated transnational supply chains that you referred to before, will this accelerate the trend of reshoring will it accelerate the unwinding process of the last three decades of globalisation? And reassuring, I hadn't heard that term before, but it basically means bringing manufacturing back home. And this is something, of course, that Donald Trump has been uh, espousing since he uh, entered the White House and continues to do so. But and it actually is a trend that's happening and has been happening for about five years anyway.
1: Well, it's, it's actually part of the, the paradigm shift as we move beyond the scientific industrial era into this new emerging paradigm. Yeah. One of the, the very, very clear tre- uh, trends that has already been there is relocalization. Yeah, exactly. Good reasons, obviously. Yeah.
0: Um, initially, this pattern started to emerge because of the rising living standard in China which was eliminating the cost advantage of overseas manufacturing. It's fairly obvious. Greater automation meant local production, even in high-cost markets, did not carry as much of a premium as offshore. And another piece from Al Jazeera to do with uh, China's economy. Yeah, uh, they say here a bruising year for China economically. A trade war with the United States left its economy expanding at the slowest pace in 30 years. And economists estimate 4 million jobs may have been lost in 2019. This year it's already been defined by the outbreak of the coronavirus which has killed thousands and infected many more, putting the brakes on China's economy. Economists polled by Reuters expect China's growth rate to slump to 4.5% in the first quarter of this year from 6% in the previous quarter. That would be the slowest pace since the financial crisis also. With much of the country in lockdown, the virus could affect up to 42% of China's economy, according to Standard Chartered. So, yeah, pretty strong stuff on China there. Absolutely, yeah. And
1: as we've said previously during our coronavirus reports, China has been in a very, very difficult situation. And while we still don't know the exact circumstances around the way that the virus emerged whether, of course, uh, the, the generally accepted explanation is that it escaped from a wet market in Wuhan uh, most likely transmitted from an animal to a human, uh, but of course there have been other speculations that it yeah. may have escaped from the, uh, the, the P4 lab. Exactly mm. in, in Wuhan, and then some really sort of strange goings on which haven't had much media reporting, such as the link between the uh, lab in Winnipeg in Canada, in Canada uh, yes. and the lab in Wuhan and yep. the, the fact that we know for sure that the lab in Canada, the staff there were travelling backwards and forwards to Wuhan and helping the Wuhan lab upgrade their security measures
0: and those Chinese staff have been um, evicted from and, uh, that yes, facility. A,
1: a couple of the Chinese nationals who were involved in travelling backwards and forwards have been charged by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for t- uh, taking viruses out of the lab in Winnipeg and taking them to Wuhan. None of those have been identified in the reports as the coronavirus.
0: Mm. However, of course, it happens all the time between these uh, high um, high um, security facilities, biological facilities. That's, that's that right. It's not unusual. It's a n-
1: normal part of the research yeah. process. Yeah, but, it, uh, Adding to the the strangeness that's been happening in the background, a former head of the the lab, a professor from Winnipeg, was uh, or had passed away fairly recently since the coronavirus outbreak happened, mm. uh, while attending a conference in Kenya. So, mm. you know, it's it's, um, it's good to keep an open mind about what might be going on in the background, and uh, we've, we must also just acknowledge that there are a lot of things that happen in the murky world of international uh, espionage and competition and uh, under sort of undercover warfare that just don't get reported mm. in the
0: mainstream media. A couple of other pieces here from Al Jazeera, companies may struggle to make payments on loans leading to a rise in what is called non-performing loans of $1.1 trillion, according to Standard & Poor's. Chinese airlines have been forced to ground planes and are expected to lose $12.8 billion in revenue, and globally the airline industry is set to lose $29 billion, according to the International Air Transportation Association. Um, Yeah, pretty intense. And um, we have a text in here which is referring to the statistics we've been quoting. I think I'll I'll read this out now too from Captain Zilch. uh, I listen to quite often here. Uh, He says, Why are we obsessed with statistics when we've learned over and again that they are easily manipulated? Viral case numbers coming from known liars, votes for leaders manipulated to look like a close race, even actual population numbers on a global scale are easy to distort... Number and measure, especially what unreliable, are a weak source of guidance. Trust is what makes us a group, super resilient. However, there is a scourge that aims to fracture that. One of the fracturing techniques is insidious lying, the antidote for which is fourfold. Wide open-mindedness, accurate naming, abundant generosity and selfless service will lead to a more refined capacity or a sense of the dirty that we need to stop feeding. Yeah, some good points there. There are some good
1: points and, and maybe just a little bit of contradiction in there. Mm. It's, uh, it's very difficult to be open-minded when you discard some of the information <laughs> that's out there. So we like to consider everything on this show and, and yeah. as you said, keep an open mind. Indeed. Um, and and I, I think uh, a big part of the economic disruption at the moment is related to debt levels around the world yes. and the fact that uh, when business gets shut down and people don't have income, they can't service their
0: debts. And of course, that just uh, multiplies the issue. Yeah, um, we'll take a break. But I, I thought I'd throw in a little bit of humour here. This just came in uh, this morning that we we found um, of all places to be quarantined for the coronavirus, a brothel, a brothel in Valencia, in Spain, might not be the worst. You've got booze, you've likely got a small buffet of fried foods, and you've got entertainment. But in all seriousness, that was exactly the case a day ago when authorities found that a woman working at the La Selva Negra brothel had tested positive for coronavirus. The findings forced authorities to quarantine the premises and the 86 customers that were inside. The employee, who is now in the hospital, had slept with several clients the same night, according to a translated blog post. In addition to the customers, the club's owners, waitresses, security and cleaning crew were also quarantined. When adding up to the total of 86 customers, that makes 119 people under quarantine. They've been asked to keep calm and to just live a normal life inside the the premises. That may be easier for some of the patrons than they'd like to admit, and for all those guys who told their wives they were going to a wine tasting with their buddies and instead went to the brothel, the news may be worse than coronavirus. You're officially busted. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Bit of red light therapy there. (laughs) Absolutely outrageous. You're on BFM 99.9 on Future Sense. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.